Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to Sunday sermons from Southside Christian Fellowship. We would love to hear how God has blessed your life. Reach out to us through social media or email us at scfellowshipchurch at gmail.com. Praise God. Let's pray. Father of glory, in the name of the Lord Jesus, we are thankful today for your presence in this place. We are thankful for the Holy Spirit, which is present in the lives of each and every person here. Lord, we thank you for the word of God. We are asking today that your word will run swiftly that our hearts will be apprehended, that we would live here not the same way we came. We will live here change, transform, and revolutionize. So, Lord, we give you glory. I ask you to use me for your glory. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 This morning, I want to I take a moment of reflection and I would, li- I would ask you, my dear brothers and sisters, to do the same. Together, let us reflect and hopefully, hopefully come up with an an- answer to an existing question that the world is asking. Even some among us may be asking the same question this morning. And this question is, Why am I here? Why am I here on the earth? What is my purpose? Why has God placed me here on the earth? What is my uh, existence here on the earth mean? Inquiry mind want to (laughs) know. The fact are, we live in a world, we live in a world full with sin. Riddled with death and destructions. A world that is driven by pleasure, greed, lust, power, sex, drugs, just to name a few. The world will tell us that the way to success, the way to happiness, is to work hard and accumulate as much money as possible. And then you will be happy. The life expectancy, and I'm sure you probably know that, the life expectancy on, in the world today is 73.2 years. The Bible says that men shall live seven years, I mean 70 years, possibly 80 years. So after we accumulate all the wealth, we accomplish everything that we could accomplish. And then one day, we hear the Lord says, it's time, your time is up. It's time for you to come home. So what do we do? What do we do? You know, last year, there were 26 billionaires who died. Billionaire. Not millionaire, there were billionaires who died. Among them are tycoons, Fortune 500 uh, executives. Some of them are in real estate. Some of them are in edge fund, orange juice. Even uh, one, one, of the, one of them was from the uh, Red Bull. Um, that is a very popular drink that you, you know, a lot of people drink. And these guys, they, they die. But they are billionaires. And when they leave this earth... They left all their fortune, every dollar that they have ever earned, every degree that they have ever uh, 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 earned, everything stays behind. No wonder I have never seen a U-Haul following a hearse. I, I asked the question this morning, why are we here? Though money is necessary to have Another for us to take care of ourselves and take care of our families. To buy food, to pay rent. But money is not everything. It is urgent that each one of us find our purpose for for the short period of time that we are here on the earth. 
We need to find out why are we here and do something about it. The famous preacher evangelist, uh, Pastor Rick Warren, wrote, and I quote, You were made by God and for God. And until you understand that life will never be the same, we need to understand that. We are not here for ourselves. We were made by God for God. We are here for a season. But after that, we leave this earth. The Bible says that in Proverbs 29, 18, without a vision, the people perish. Pastor Wick continued. It says, without God, life has no purpose. And without purpose, life has no meaning. Without meaning, life has no significance. There's a passage in the, in the book of Woman, Woman chapter 8, verse 28, that all of us read, and we know it by heart. And it says this, All things works together for the good of those that loves the Lord, and to them that are called according to His purpose. Knowing God's purpose in all things gives us great peace. You know, there are people today who are walking this life. They are living a life without purpose. Because at the end of the 70 years, they got nowhere to go. They got all dressed up, but nowhere to go. But I tell you what, when we know God's purpose for our lives, that makes a world of a difference. We are not here for us. We are here because the Lord has invested in us. We are not here for us, but we are here to glorify Him. We are not here for us, but we are here to live for Him. We are here to be a demonstration of his love, of his power, of his goodness on the earth for this short period of time. So what is that purpose is Paul speaking of in this verse, Romans 8.28? What is that purpose? In verse 29, we read, Paul says, For those whom he foreknew, he already predestined to conform to the image of his son. In other words, word, Paul is saying that being transformed in the image of Jesus is the purpose of God. That's why he said Jesus. He says that for, for them... For as many who knew him, to them he has given the power to become sons of God. Jesus came to the world to seek to save those that were lost. That was the reason, that was his purpose on the earth, to seek to save those that were lost. And when Jesus left this earth, he commanded us to be a disciple, to go out into all the world, and to tell the world about him. To tell the world that there is a way. There is a way. To tell the world that he is the way. That he is the truth. And he is the life. And in just telling the world is not enough. But we have to be an example that the world can see because they cannot see Jesus right now. All they can see is you. All things are not good, but all things work together for good. All things serve God in order to manifest His Son. That is why He created the world. The key to understand God's purpose for your life is to understand God's sovereignty. God is sovereign. How many of you believe that? Sovereignty means to exercise supreme 
an independent authority, even sin, evil, and the fall of man will serve as God's purpose. Did you hear what I said? Even sin, evil, and the fall of man will serve God's purpose. Scripture proclaimed that God has, God has sovereignty. He has, he is sovereign, he has sovereign control over all things that have been, that he, that have to do with your life, with my life. And let me give you a Bible illustration. Isaiah, the 38th chapter, beginning with verse 1. It says, in those days, Ezekiah began, became sick and was at the point of death. And Isaiah the prophet, the son of Amos, came to him and said to him, Thus says the Lord, set your house in order. You shall die. You shall not recover. Verse 2, Then Ezekiah turned his face to the wall and prayed to the Lord and says, Please, O Lord, remember how I have walked before you in faithfulness. And with a whole heart. And have done what is good in your sight. And Ezekiah wept bitterly. Then the word of the Lord came to Isaiah. While he was still in the courtyard. And he says to him, go back. Go back and tell Ezekiah. I have heard his prayer. I have heard his prayer. And I will add. 15 years to his life. Now, I know this may not sound a big deal to you. Who do you know? Who do you know on the face of the earth? And I'm talking about everybody included. Who can add one year to your life? Who do you know who can turn your hair, you know, uh, who can change your hair from one color to another? Who do you know on the whole earth who can tell you now it's time for you to come home? Only God. Only God. Only God has the power over your life. Only God has the, has the wisdom and the sovereignty to say to you, I have positioned you, I have set you for a purpose and you must cooperate to allow my purpose to work in your life. Because God has a purpose for us. And our purpose is not here to make money and to be happy. And then, then what? What happened after all is gone? What happened after you get to a position when you no longer can take care of yourself? You leave this earth empty-handed. Even all the languages that you may have learned, all the uh, uh, education that you have acquired, all of that is going to be left here on the earth. You're not going nowhere with anything. But what you go, what will serve you is the, you know, is when you take the initiative that God has given you and you use it, you apply it, you obey God's instructions and you allow it to work in your life. And then when you squash this earth and step into eternity, then in eternity, you will find that it was not in vain. Because God reward those who obey him. Are you with me this morning? I will add 15 years to your life. God is in control. He is still on the throne. God never created anything that could prevent his plan. Did you know that? Why? Because God never make a mistake. The power that the devil has is according to God's design and law. All things serve God in this process, good or bad, to bring to pass his plan. You know, some people are probably looking at me and say, well, the devil doesn't have no power. Well, that's not true. The devil has power. He may not have authority, but he has power. The Bible says in Romans eleven twenty nine, 29, 
It says, for the gifts and the callings of God are irrevocable. So if the devil doesn't have power, why do you spend so much time talking about the devil? The devil eats your lunch. The devil make your car, you know, uh, broke down. The devil do this. The devil do that. But would you believe that God, through his sovereignty, that he can use even the devil sometime to get our attention? You know, this is, it's nothing but a tool in his hand. And he will use it. Every tool available because he loves you. Because he wants you to succeed. He wants you to prosper. He wants at the end of the day for him, for him, for you to hear him say, well done, my good and faithful servant. Psalm 119 verse 89 to 91. It says, forever, O Lord, your word is firmly fixed in the heaven. Your faithfulness endured to all generation. You have established the earth and it stands fast. By your appointment, they stand with this day. For all things are your servants. All things are God's servants. We are his servants. You know, and this is something that we have got to embrace. To recognize that these 70, 80 years, 90 years, however he chooses to bless you with. It's not for you. It's not for you. Could it be that it's not about you? That it's about him. It is about him. You know, instead of spending the majority of your time investing in worldly passion, worldly Things that can satisfy the flesh, but can do nothing for the spirit. I think that we are, we ought to have a reverse course. We need to change direction. Romans 11, 29. Oh, excuse me. I'm already past that. So the question is, why am I here? What is God's purpose for my life? That's the questions that every one of us here need to, need to answer. You know, coming to church, sitting in the pew, in here, and getting excited about the songs and all that stuff, it's good, you know, it's good for us individually. But, you know, it's good for us to, to get, you know, to get connected with God, worship God and all that stuff. But how does that further the kingdom of God? How, how does it further the kingdom of God? Where is the mission field? Is it in here? Yeah, there might be a couple of people here who doesn't know the Lord yet. And it's, it's, it would be a good thing to hear the, you know, the word of God today and, and come to Jesus. Because there's room at the, you know, there's room for you today. But primarily, the mission field is outdoor, is outside. You know, the people are not, coming here to break down our doors to come in. Therefore, we must go out and find him. Evil by nature opposes the purposes of God. But God in his sovereignty can make even this evil serve his purpose. Let me say that again. Evil by its nature opposes the purposes of God. But God in his sovereignty can can make even this evil serve his purpose. Let me tell you a story. There was this elderly Christian who lived in this apartment next to an atheist. A guy who just really a very, very mean guy. And he, the apartments are so close, I mean, that this lady, everything she says he could hear. And he despised her because she worshiped God, she loves God, and she depended upon God. So she would be praying in her apartment. Every time she prayed, he would scream and say, Stop wasting your breath. There is no God. You're wasting your, your breath. You're talking to a God who doesn't exist. But she would not listen. She continued to praise God. She continued to seek his face. And then so this woman one time, you know, fall into some very difficult financial situation. 
to the point that she wasn't even able to take care of her own need. She couldn't buy food. So she got on her knees and she prays. She says, Father, you've been good to me. You are my father. You always provide for me. And you know, I have fallen into a very difficult situation. And I need your help. I don't even have food in the refrigerator. Lord, here's my list of items that I need. As she prayed, she was very specific about asking the Lord what she needed. So as she was praying, this man heard her praying. She said, he says to himself, yes, this is my opportunity to prove to this man that God doesn't exist. And then he says, I'm going to teach her a lesson. So he went to the supermarket. He bought everything on that list that she prays for. He says, I'm going to put that in front of her house and I'm going to show her that God doesn't exist when she come out. And he did. And he was, he hid himself behind the bushes. And all of a sudden, you know, she came out and opened the door and she saw all her grocery. She checked the list and everything that she had prayed for is in front, you know, is right there. And then she started lifting up her hand to praise God. This man jumped from behind the bushes. He says, Lord, I told you there is no God. I am the one who did it. So she started crying. He thought that he had her. And then she says, God, I love you so much. You are real. You've always been faithful to me. Not only you hear my prayer, but you got the devil to go do the grocery for me today. God will use. He will use even evil to fulfill his purpose. God is good. What is God's purpose for our lives? The Apostle Paul knew the answer and learned contentment. He understood that none could sabotage God's plan for his life except himself. And that anxiety, fear, or impatience only comes because of our own nearsighted, immature understanding of God's master plan for us. He understood that. You can imagine Paul, the great apostle Paul. I mean, the one who wrote two-thirds of the New Testament. You can imagine what people were saying about Paul. This great apostle, how important he is to the kingdom of God. But guess what? Paul ended up in jail. He was in prison. You know, that's where he ended up. From the jail cell, Paul was writing to the church in Philippi. Listen to this. Philippians chapter 1, verse 12 to 14. He wrote this. He says, I want you to know, brothers, that what has happened to me has really served to advance the kingdom of God. So that it has become known throughout the whole imperial God and to all the rest that my imprisonment is for Christ. Hello? My imprisonment is for Christ. And most of the brothers having become confident in the Lord by my imprisonment, as much more bold to speak the word without fear. Come on. Paul had an understanding that the devil was not the author of his imprisonment. Because of his value to God's kingdom, the kind of thinking that would be in most mind today is, the devil did this. The devil did this to stop me from doing what God wanted me to do. Paul is not saying that the devil didn't have a hand in this situation. Beloved, I want you to know the truth. The devil cannot stop God's plan. He cannot stop God's plan. It's either God is God or he's not. If it's God, give him glory. If in God, believe him. 
If, if, it's God, if, he, if he is God, obey him. Obey him. And stop blaming the devil for things that he knew nothing about. And that's what a lot of time people do. They blame the devil. But they don't see themselves as being the lazy one. They don't see themselves as being the impatient one. They don't see themselves as being the, uh, 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 the disobedient one. They don't see themselves as being spoiled rotten one who think that everything's supposed to be about them. It's always about us. You know, we want, we want our cake, but we also want to eat it too. We want our wall-to-wall this. The air conditioner got to be in, in this perfect place, perfect temperature, in order for us to get out of our comfort zone to do God's will. Beloved, wake up. Wake up. Jesus is coming. Let me tell you this. He will not have any partiality just because you belong to a church or you belong to, to a group or no, it's either you belong to him, you are his son, and you are his daughters, and you are doing his will, or you are not. There is no in between. Why are we here? We are here for this short period of time to serve God, to put him on display, to love him with all our hearts, with all our mind, with all our strength. To love people. That's why we are here. We are not here to accumulate all the money there is. You know, to, 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 to be walk around puffed up like a peacock and saying, you know, I'm this and I'm that. And let me tell you this. You will have a wood awakening unless you change direction. Thank God I'm not the pastor of this church. Because I get to say that. Praise God. Everything is going to work together for the good of God. And it's going to work for the good individually and corporately. And corporately. Paul imprisonment. It wasn't just for himself, but it was for the church. It was for the church. It was for me, even as I'm reading this. I am feeling strengthened, encouraged. Let me tell you something. You know, trial is not a device from the devil. Jesus says, in this world, you will have trials. You know? But that doesn't mean you are defeated. You understand that? You know, how many people you know who got who arrived to, to, to where they are without trial. You know, even the light that we are looking at right there, you know, before this light become the light, there was trial that this inventor had to go through. I bet you there were lots of frustration. You know, I mean, light is beautiful. You know, imagine, he could have said, you know what? The devil knew that this light was going to be so good and shot. You know, so he stopped me. He put me to all this so I could give up. No, the devil does not. The devil is not as powerful as we think he is. God is. God is all powerful. He's all powerful. He's all knowing. You know, the gospel went out because Paul was in prison. It was from the prison that Paul wrote much of the New Testament. The word of God went more places and was spread much faster because Paul was in prison. People became bold to share their faith because you're getting it. How many of you guys want to go to prison? I'm just kidding. In the last verse of, Philipp- of Philippian, we find out that even some of the Caesar's household was converted because Paul was in prison. Sometimes we look at circumstances instead of the world, and we think that the devil has been able to put a stop to God's plan. 
listen to me, with my lips, the devil cannot. The devil does not have that power. He does not have power. He may have power to uh, influence men, but not God. He cannot do that. Okay? So, basically, basically, the question we need to, to ask ourselves, would God made something, for instance, like Lucifer, if he had been, if he knew that Lucifer would be the, you know, some, someone who would be able to stop his, stop him, stop his plan? Absolutely not. God knows. God is all knowing, as scripture says. And he is. He knew his angels would become the devil. Did he not? You don't, you don't believe that? Yes. He knows. He knows. That his angel, Lucifer, would become the devil. Eh? If God is all-knowing, as scripture says, he knows that. God is all-powerful also to stop what he knew would happen. Amen? Isaiah chapter 45 verse 7 says this. I form light and created darkness. I make well-being and created calamity. I am the Lord who does all these things. Isaiah 54, the 16th verse, 16 and 17, it says this, Behold, I have created the smith to blow the fire of coal and produce a weapon for its purpose. I have also created the, uh, the avengers to destroy. But no weapon that is fashioned against you shall prosper. No plague, no calamity shall come near you. Evil will never prosper for its own purpose. Excuse me. Evil will never prosper for its own purpose. Only for God's good purpose. Only for God's good purpose. Do you suppose that the three Ibu boys, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, wonder why the God whom they have served faithfully, faithfully, would allow the wicked or would ordain the wicked to cast them into the fire furnace? Do you suppose? Well, I tell you what. I believe God knew that those boys were going to go in the fire furnace. God knew that. And you know, if by any reason... The subject that we are discussing this morning, why are we here? I believe Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego knew why they were there. Yeah? Why they were political captives in a foreign land. You know, these guys did not ask to be in Babylon. But Nebuchadnezzar invaded Israel and carried these people off to Babylon. And God knew exactly which one of the youth that he would have Nebuchadnezzar pick to be in the palace? Hello? And, and so, I believe, I really believe that they were there for two reasons. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego was thrown in the fire furnace for two reasons. Those boys find out their trial, their trials was God's plan. Number one, they, they find out that trials were God's plans to introduce a pagan king by the name of Nebuchadnezzar to the power and saving grace of the God of Israel, the God of the universe. There is none like him. Give him praise this morning. So, Nebuchadnezzar had a dream. And he woke up. He could not remember what he dreamt. And then so he called all his magicians, all his soothsayers and, and, and warlocks, everybody. He gathered everybody in the kingdom. He says, look, I had a dream last night and I forgot what the dream was. And I want you to tell me 
what it means. Maybe I'm ahead of myself. I'm talking about Daniel right there. But Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, we know that they were cast into the fire furnace because they would not worship that statue. So he had this dream, first of all. They told, you know, he wanted them to tell him what the dream was. So they told him what the dream was and what the dream meant. Daniel told him that. But in another story, the story of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, we find out that Nebuchadnezzar, you know, find out after a bad report had reached him that these boys would not worship the, 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 they would not worship the statue that he had created, that he had made. And so they decided, he decided that he would put these guys to death by throwing them into the fire furnace. So they were in the fire furnace. There was nothing they could do. And he called them, he says, he says, is it true that you would not worship? Is it true that you would not worship the God, the statue that I made? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego says, no, I'm not going to worship the statue. I'm not worship. You know, I, there's only one God and he is the one I'm going to worship. He says, I know that you are the king and you are able to do whatever you want with me. But my God, is able to deliver me. My God is able to save me. But just in case if he choose not to save me, just in case if he choose not to deliver, we will not worship. And so the story went on. They bound up these guys. And they heated up, he heated up the fire seven times and threw these three Hebrew boys into the fire. And Nebuchadnezzar is about to have a revelation. And while he was sitting, he looked and he saw into the fire, not three, but four. And those boys also found out that trial was God's plan to introduce this pagan king to his saving grace. Yeah? That's what they find out. And Nebuchadnezzar was impressed when God appeared to be walking with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego to the fire, and there was no harm done to their bodies, including their clothes, their, their hair, nothing except the rope that ties them that will burn off. And the Bible says, the Bible says, Nebuchadnezzar decided to do something that no pagan king had ever done. Are you with me this morning? So, what did he do? What did Nebuchadnezzar do? Remember that verse we share, we shared this a little while ago that says, All things work together for the good of those that love God that are called according to his purpose. So, Nebuchadnezzar. Preach the gospel. Nebuchadnezzar preached the gospel to his people. Well, I mean, I mean, maybe I wouldn't say the gospel. Maybe he preached the God of Israel. Amen. Did he not? Yes. Did he not preach it? Well, listen to this. Nebuchadnezzar says, Blessed be the God of of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who has sent his angels and delivered his, servant, his servants who trusted in him and set aside the king's command and yielded up their bodies rather than to serve and worship any god except their own. Therefore, I made a decree, any people, nations, or language that speaks anything against the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego shall be torn limb to limb, and their houses lay in ruin. For there is no other God who is able to rescue in this way. Right. Then, the, then the king promoted 
Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Is that the devil? Was that the devil's doing that they went to the, this trial? No, they went to the trial. They went to this trial. They to fulfill God's purpose in their life. I believe when Jesus one day will say to Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, well done, my good and faithful servant. Well done. Not only the king preached God to his people, but the king praised the Lord. The king praised the Lord. And Nebuchadnezzar addresses all people, nations, and language that dwells in all the earth. Peace be multiplied to you. It has seemed good to me to show the sign. It has seemed good to him to show the sign and wonders that the Most High God has done for me. You know, God will take something just that just doesn't make no sense to us and bring glory to himself out of it. Sometimes we don't understand. We don't understand. We go into these things, and then we're getting frustrated. We're getting discouraged. And God is saying, look, stick with me. Stay with me. You know, because I have a plan. I have a purpose in this. I'm going to get glory out of this. How many of you would like to have God get glory out of something that you're going through this morning? I don't know what it is that you're going through. But God can get glory out of it. Psalm 92 verse 8. But you, O Lord, are on high forever. You are the Lord most high over all the earth. You are exalted far above all gods. 1 Corinthians 10 Verse 31. So whether we, um, I, I think I'm jumping over, over my, my, myself. I, I want to keep this scripture. So our responsibility as believers is simple. In order for us to find out God's purpose in our lives, in order for us not to miss out on that thing that which God has called us to do, we need to put first thing first. First thing first. We need to find out who God is and fall in love with him. Are you with me this morning? We need to find out who God is and fall in love with him. You know, when we were in the, um, in the uh, um, graduation, they quoted Micah 6.8. Um, I guess it was one of the students, you know, because they were telling each, they were talking about, they were talking about um, each student's lives verse. And Micah 6, it was one of the scripture. It says, why, you know, it says, what do the Lord require of you, O son of man? To love justice, to walk humbly, and to, um, what's the other one? Walk humbly. Seek justice, and I forgot the, the word. But anyway, that's what God is really calling us to do. You know, to let go and to let God have his way in our lives. You know, to be who God called us to do. Matthew chapter, the, the 22nd chapter, verse 37, and he says to him, after somebody asks Jesus, you know, what is the greatest commitment? Jesus says, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your soul. This is the great and first commandment. Another for us to have to, to see God's will and God's purposes fulfilled in our lives, that is the thing that we got to put first. Because, you know, you are not going to obey the Lord if you don't love the Lord. You got you to gotta love the Lord. It's not just, say, okay, I trust the Lord. Well, you could trust the Lord on a circumstantial basis. But do you trust the Lord all the time? Do you love the Lord all the time? Do, will, you, will you go to the extent to suffer for the Lord as, to, as, as Paul did, to go to jail for the Lord? You know, which reminds me of a story of uh, the two Moravian brothers, you know, who find out that there's an island 
in the Caribbean where they were carrying slaves, they were taking slaves, and the owner of this, this plantation decided that he would not have any missionaries or pastors or anybody that's going to bring God's word into that island because he wanted to keep these slaves focused on doing what he wanted them to do. So those two Moravian brothers, they find out about it, and then, you know, they decided that they're going to sell themselves into slavery. They sold themselves into slavery so they could be among those slaves, so they can teach them about Jesus. They can fulfill the calling of their life. They can, they can fulfill the, the destiny that they have. You know, they knew why they were here on the earth. And so when they were leaving their, their villages, people were, ups, people were sad. Some were crying. Some were, you know, uh, uh, they didn't know what to say. And they said to them, rejoice, rejoice, don't cry. May the lamb that was slain receive the reward of his suffering. That's what they say. Our purpose here on this earth is twofold. It's to know God and to make him known. There's nothing in between. We know God. You know, you will know when you know God. Know God is not, it's different from knowing about God. When you know God, there is something about you that's about to change. You know, when you know God, your life completely changes. Your attitude, your action, you know, Everything about you, your person change, you change. You know, no more tricks. No more uh, your flesh just getting in the way. When you know God, you trust God and you let God, you let go and let God have his way. There was a question that was asked by the Westminster Catechism. And this question was, what is the chief aim of men? The chief man aim of men. Why are you here? What is your purpose on the earth? And the answer they got was, is to glorify God and enjoy him forever. Amen. That is your reason here. That is your reason here. That is the reason I am here. So, Jesus said this. He says, you are the light of the world. You are the light of the world. You are a city on a hill. Light shine. You are not light so you can go ahead and go and, and, and hide under a bushel. You are light. So you can make a difference. You are light to go out so you can share to those that are in darkness that there is hope, that there is life. There is one who is able to deliver you. There is one who he, he's not, he's not just uh, part of the answer, but he is the answer. He is the way, the truth, and the life. There is the way. Jesus is the way. That's what we are here for. We are that light. You are salt to give flavor to the world. Without, without you, without Jesus, without the Holy Spirit, without the word of God, the world is like the Dead Sea. But thank God for Colossians 1.27. Christ in me. Christ in you. It is the hope of glory. It is the hope. That's why you're here. That's why I'm here. To share the love of Jesus to others. And it's not just with word, but with action. Action to love people when nobody else loved them. The world may not love them, but we are commanded to love them. And so don't let... Timidity and fear stop you from becoming who God 
called you to be. You know, let me tell you this. It's okay to be a pastor, to be standing and, and, and running a congregation. But let me tell you this. All of us are pastors. Do you believe that? All of us are ministers. We are ministers of reconciliation. God sent you to go out there to reconcile the world unto his son. By the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen? And then so when you go out there, you go share the gospel with somebody. This person may not know, may have heard before about Jesus. But when God used you specifically to bring somebody to Jesus, let me tell you this. Heaven rejoice. Something happened. Something changed for all eternity. Amen? Amen. I'm, 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 about, I'm done here. I'm done here. I know some people got the appointment. Um, but um, but I, I just want to share a couple of points. You know, you said, well, you know, I... I understand. I heard what you're saying. You're saying that I'm here for a reason. You know, six, six, uh, 70, 80 years, it's just a short period of time, and after that, life doesn't stop. How many of you believe life doesn't stop after 70, 80 years? Well, you know, there is a place called eternity. Every one of us here are on a conveyor belt. We're heading towards eternity. Eternity is a guarantee we're going to step into eternity. But now, heaven or hell is a choice. Are you with me? Eternity happened because of the sovereignty of God. Okay, because, you know, there's a time coming when you and me and everybody else on the world, in the world we're going to be an automatic pilot. Have you ever been in a plane and you see the pilot walking in the hall, you know, in the, in the, in the plane? That's because the plane is an automatic pilot. There's a time when God is going to push a button. You and I are going to be an automatic pilot. We're just going to get out of this body. This, and then you step in into eternity. But the decision to your destination is already made here. Where are you going to be in eternity? Hot or cold? It's up to you. And so, basically, we, we are here as we... As we are here asking ourselves questions together, you know, asking ourselves these questions, just like everybody else asking, why am I here? Why am I here? Well, I, I hear you, Pastor Gary. Maybe I'm here to, for something very specific, but I don't know what I'm supposed to do. I don't know what I'm supposed to do. I'm not equipped. I don't have the resource. I don't. That's not true. I'm going to tell you that you know, that's not true. Every one of us here are well equipped. It's not how many verses you know in the Bible that equips you, but the Holy Spirit. Well, let me tell you this. We are well equipped. All of us here are equipped with three things. Three things. We are equipped with time. Are you with me? We're equipped with time. Every one of us here have 24 hours. The way you spend it, it's up to you. You can spend it on Facebook, you know, posting here and there, whatever. Or you could, you, could, you could waste it on Jesus. It's up to you. We have time, and we also have talent. You remember the parable that Jesus tells about the talent? The, this one he gives five, this one he gives three, the other one he gives one. Some people will use their talent for the glory of God. But other people will hide their talent. And at the end of the day, thinking that God's going to have sympathy. No, he's not. He's going to say the same thing that he said to the, to, to the one who buried his talent. And said, you know, I was afraid. Look. And Jesus is going to say to you, have you not read scripture? For I have not given you a spirit of fear. What were you afraid of? Were you listening to me or were you listening to the devil? Fear are not from God. So use your talent, use it well. And the third thing is treasure. We have treasure that God has given you, given us. The treasure is the word of God. God has given us this treasure. You know, just going to someone and saying beautiful thing is not enough. But one word from the Lord is enough to disarm a heart. 
One word is enough to bring somebody back from the pit, wherever they were at. You know, it's enough to turn them around and, you know, and set their feet on solid rock. One word from Jesus. From Jesus, one word. So another for us to really walk out this life that the Lord has called us to be and to be and to really truly answer these questions. We need to be like the ancient torches. I want to close with this. In the caricom of warm, in the museum of antiquity, somebody said that they went and visited this museum and so they share the story, and this is why I'm sharing it. They said as they were walking through this museum, they saw all types of artifacts. But among the artifacts that was on display, there were three torches hanging on the wall. And those torches happened to be identical they were designed by the same designer. They had the same potential. They were created with a purpose. They were created to shine, to brighten their environment. And you could see, as you look at those torches, you could see some of them had the Stain, the dark stain all over them from being lit at some point. And there were others who looked intact, just like they were the day they were created. And then there was another touch that was barely recognizable. It was used, it was reused to the extent that it burnt all the way down to the socket. Those three touches representing every one of us here. And every Christian in the church of Jesus Christ today. Some of us, we know we are here for a purpose, but we're too scared. We're too afraid to get out of the boat. We are in the boat. We're comfortable. We'll come up with all kinds of excuses. Why? Well, somebody else is doing it already. I don't have to reinvent the wheels. But let me tell you this. That's an attitude you need not to carry. Because you are not here by accident or coincidence. The Lord is counting on you. And if time tarried, you will see that if, there, if, if, you, if you don't change your direction, then it will cost. I'm not talking about your salvation or anything like that. I know every one of you here would love to have something to offer the Lord when you meet him, right? The Bible talks about crown. We're going to be receiving crown. I want to have crown. You know, I mean, when I was watching the graduation, I see those, those, those students. You know, there were those that had straight A's. Straight A's. They never missed a bit. They got extra um, cords and tassels and things like that. But there are others who barely make it by the skin of the teeth. I don't want to enter into heaven empty-handed. I want to enter with crowns. And I don't want my crown to be paper, paper mache either. I want crown with jewels and everything so I could cast them at the feet of Jesus. So my encouragement to you today is to be the third type of torches. The one that was burned all the way to the socket. Burn, 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 burn for the glory of God. Burn in your devotion. Burn in your prayer. 
Burn in your loving Jesus and loving others. Burn for his glory. And at the end of the day, if you have done all this, you would have answered the questions, that ex existential questions that we talked about. Why am I here? God bless you. You've been listening to Sunday Sermons from Southside Christian Fellowship Church, a place where you are loved, accepted, and received, a place of healing, a place of prayer, a place of hope. We invite you to join us this Sunday and every Sunday. For service times, location, and other information about the church, please visit our website at southsidechristianfellowship.net. Again, that's southsidechristianfellowship.net. As we wrap up today's message, we would like to once again thank you for listening. We would like to also have Papa Herman to speak a Father's blessing over you. May the Lord bless and keep you, that He would cause His face to shine upon you and be gracious to you, that the Lord would lift up the light of His countenance upon you and give you His peace. And remember that the Lord's favor is with you all the time. Expect it. It is with you. It's manifesting itself to you. It will overtake you no matter where you are. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.